one of the reasons why an argument could be made that instrumental pacifism will not work in a situation of this kind, and that Christians, if they believe that they can be part of effective change, uh, one of the reasons that Christians should support, in this case, even a violent participation with the state in the controlling of the terrorism, the uh, genocide, and the ethnic cleansing in the Middle East and Europe is that the position of the persons who are promoting this terrorism and, again, the genocide and ethnic cleansing is one that is an idealized understanding of the caliphate and the idea that somehow large sections of the Middle East and furthermore, large sections of Europe, at least up to Spain, perhaps as far as Vienna, they should then, if uh, under this Muslim authority, at least in this idealized romantic version, they should have everyone under Sharia law and that Sharia law will ultimately bring forth, if not an Edenic condition, a situation that is like this romanticized version of the Middle Ages. This notion of the caliphate uh, that is being promoted, not by all of the groups, but by some of them, is extremely apocalyptic, is extremely eschatological. Groups that support, or let me rephrase that, because all Christians should support some understanding of eschatology that, that believes there is an end, uh, and an end that will be good, but rather groups that emphasize uh, the apocalyptic moment or their participation in that apocalyptic moment, they tend to fall into two practical categories. Some of them completely withdraw from society. This is very typical of small sectarian groups. They'll pull back. And as they pull back, they will try to protect their own holiness by establishing more and more boundaries around themselves. The other option, and uh, this was seen and I, I want to emphasize in making this comparison, this is not a drawing of equality because you're, you're talking about, or equivalence, you're talking about groups that were so much smaller and less significant historically. But there was a small movement uh, arising out of Anabaptist thought during the Reformation that attempted to expand holiness outward rather than build a sect and protect its holiness internally, tried to expand it outward into the rest of the world. Um, uh, the, the rest of the society around them tried to create a Christian state. The Munster experiment did not work in the, middle, in the uh, Reformation period, and it will not work, the creation of the caliphate will not work in the Middle East now, um, because there's a misconception that does not, uh, which, which does not fully recognize uh, human sinfulness. And of course, from a Christian perspective, we would say that there are gigantic gaps because of the absence of the loving Christ who can empower people to act differently. The assumption that people can simply obey moral orders and that somehow that will create an ideal state is, uh, is really an almost naive optimism. Well, that naive optimism, nonetheless, is pushing this eschatological argument. And so these groups are going out to try to uh, convert people or to eliminate them, to purge them, to remove the pollution from the land of the potential caliphate. 
that's one reason why both the Obama administration and the Bush II administration were both guilty of similar errors. Bush II uh, thought uh, under a neoconservative argument that if you just give people the vote, everything will be fine, but they failed to protect the minorities. Likewise, the Obama administration has actually gone so far as to suggest that, and this is perhaps a flippant interpretation, but it's, it's awfully close, uh, they've gone on to suggest that if we just had good jobs programs, somehow these eschatological movements would not act out. That is absurd. These arguments see time differently. This movement sees time in a way different than those who would promote democracy or those who would promote some kind of economic improvement. They see their task as the removal of pollution. So again, how should Christians respond? Well, an honest and solid position is non-participation and Christians can simply be non-resistant. Another response is, however, just coercion theory. What is just coercion theory? Uh, it's an argument with uh, several criteria. Uh, typically, these criteria are listed as, uh, it, typically there are seven criteria listed. The first one is justifiable cause. Is there a just cause here? Yes, there is. People are being slaughtered, innocent people, lots of them, thousands of them. In Europe, beyond Europe, and far more importantly, let's not be Eurocentric about this, far bigger than the terrorism in Europe, is the butchery of people in the Middle East. Is it, um, is it a right intention? Does the, do the persons who are promoting a violent response, is there real reason for doing so because they want to address this, this concern for the just cause? Is there legitimate authority? Typically, that is now a nation state. For Christians, whether we participate in this, the legitimate authority might arise from the argument that we have duties to all persons, but especially those of the household of God, of the faith. And these are our brothers and sisters who are suffering in the Middle East. Uh, there has to be a reasonable chance of success, which doesn't mean 50% plus one. It means there's more of a chance of succeeding if one uses these, these violent methods than if one does not. And there also has to be a last resort, a reasonable last resort. Other efforts have to have been tried. I think that that's been accomplished as well. Another criteria that is important or criterion that's important is proportionality. Is the response of violence proportionate to the violence that has uh, occurred in the first place? And I would uh, go back to risk language at this point. Risk equals hazard times probability. The hazard is astounding here. The number of people who are suffering is extraordinary. The probability that there'll be more such uh, suffering is extremely high because of the eschatological thinking of these groups. That then leaves one other criterion that is very, excuse me, very important, and that is discrimination. And this one is a problematic one. How will any group the United States, if Christians support the United States in this endeavor, NATO, uh, perhaps some other group uh, formed out of Middle Eastern countries that have a vested interest in this, how will those groups protect the innocent? How will they not attack the vulnerable who are around the terrorists, who are around the, um, the violent jihadis? That is a criterion that will be the most difficult one to discern and to decide. 
technically, in order to have a just conflict, all seven of those need to be satisfied. Will they be? I don't know. Can they be? I think it's up to Christians to decide. They should not pick some kind of naive pacifism. They cannot justify crusades. The question for believers at this point is, do we individually and as religious communities choose to not participate intentionally and encourage our brothers and sisters in the Middle East to not respond violently, but to bear the wrongs that they have to, have to face? Or should we support those who have legitimate authority as they strike back and try to control these eschatologically oriented, apocalyptically focused organizations? Music